1: Welcome in to the latest edition of ESPNSC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined by Craig Burley and Shaka here. So, we'll kick things off in the Premier League and Arsenal dropping more points at the top of the table. It was a controversial um, equaliser from Brentford with two offsides not seen by the officials. First one was in the build up, the second one here as the flick comes into no guard. So, first one in the centre there, just on the edge of the box. Pinnock's offside, nothing given there. And then VAR have admitted to ESPN, the officials, that they didn't check this offside here where Nogard is off as he plays the assist in. Brentford then get their goal and it finishes Arsenal 1, Brentford 1, meaning that Arsenal remain at six points clear at the top of the table. But two wins for City against Villa and then Arsenal midweek could see them go top. This is what Arteta had to say about the referee's decision. The goal,
2: the we look it, it look like yes, I just looked it back and it is offside, yeah. why not No. That must be
3: very frustrating. For
2: you. It is, but it's. Um, I don't know, probably they will give an explanation later on in the week, but um, today we haven't got any. But looking at the images, and you have to apply certain principles in defending, and you do that by sticking to the rules. And suddenly you apply different rules, then you have to change your principles. So tell us before, because then you don't hide the line in in that height. Because then obviously you're always going to have an advantage if you get blocked.
4: Which action specifically are you talking about here? Was it when the the header was played forward for?
2: The action when you get blocked, when you are offside, you cannot block if you are offside, and that ball goes.
5: He also look outside when he crossed
2: the ball back. I think so. <laughs> but then I'm hoping that maybe it's the camera, the visually, looks like there are two actions. But I don't know, it's too late, it's fine. The goal was allowed and uh, we but dropped two points. the lines
1: were
2: crossed we saw? I don't know.
1: So you're saying it's two <laughs> <too laughs> Sorry? You're saying
2: it's two. No, I'm saying the second one, I don't know because you have to see the line the way they see with the camera. I don't know, we are not there. But uh, it's irrelevant, it's, uh, it's gone. Will you,
5: will you bring it up with the Premier League?
2: Sorry? Yeah, we always assess the game with them and uh, and we give our views and our points, but uh, it's late, too late.
1: Uh, ESPN have spoken to uh, the Premier League and they said a human error uh, was at fault for that uh, goal standing. Don H- Don Hutchison joins us. Uh, Craig, what a
5: is going. It was always going to take all the human error out of it, according to some. Well, this was it, wasn't it?
1: We would have nothing to discuss. Uh, it's
5: a, it's a, a weekly daily, maybe even discussion. But uh, I actually, I thought it was, uh, I thought the first foul was the block, uh, which was a clear play on the spin around. And then we can't argue about the offside. It's just, I mean, it's been missed. Yeah. Now, what's I think it's Zinchenko He's trying to get back Zinchenko. in. So it was a clear block there. Yeah. That was a foul. We saw that given last year, and I think it was a game Man United. Uh, Harry Maguire, and then obviously you've just talked about now there.
1: Yeah, so, it's, so you've, got, you've got Saliba there, he's being blocked. Well, I, thought, I actually position.
5: thought the was on uh, Zinchenko getting blocked as well, to be yeah, honest. Th-
1: this is the one for
5: me
6: here, how, how you miss this. And, and the thing for me, li- listen, once humans are involved in, in, in any capacity, I keep seeing there will be errors and you almost have to have to accept that. And there are some decisions that are subjective that the VAR looking at it would see it one way and we here would, would, would see it other, uh, as another. The block whether it had that much of a, an impact on, on Gabriel, well, um, okay, I, I think not, but we could have that debate so, uh, as we've had all, all week long. Where there should be no room for discussion, where there should be no room for excuse is something as objective as an offside decision, four yards away from goal. And I didn't see any lines. I just assumed that the VAR saw it and it wasn't offside. But to learn after the fact that Nogard was offside, <clears throat> that the VAR, Lee, Lee Mason just was it, looking at was other... He was
1: looking th- at the blocks. He was looking at the
6: fouls. He looking was at, about the fouls, basically. Looking at other there things. But, but reg- that, should, that, that should be secondary. You, because again, subjective is about interpretation. The objective, you rule those out. As long as that's taken care of, then you can look at the other plays and make a personal decision on those. He got
5: that back to front and completely wrong. Well, the ball was in and out and in and out, but surely to God, I mean, I understand because I was looking at a couple of fouls uh, as well, and I honestly thought that's the only thing they were checking. But surely to God, whenever a ball is kicked or nodded yeah. back into an area, at any given point, that's where you should be stopping that, yeah. to have a look. Yes. I.e., the header... Yeah, that you work backwards, surely. Yes, of that, course, yeah. You know, if you look at the fouls, but then when that ball's bubbling about in the box, when it gets headed out and then it, it's nodded back in, anything that gets nodded or touched back in towards goal has to be stopped and looked at. With That that would be common sense to me. Don't you agree with Lee Mason, though?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Dan, I thought this was a very poor weekend for VAR. I mean, I was calling the game and I straight away, even in real time, because you're always looking for free kicks and teams being inventive and having imagination. And the block-off's been around in the Premier League for quite a while. And there was a clear block-off. Uh, on Gabriel from Ethan Pinnock. That was the starting point. So straight away, you think that's offside. Okay, maybe it was tight. It wasn't. He was offside. But then as the boys have explained, once it's bobbling in the six-yard box, then you get the assist from Norgard. You just take it back from Ivan Tony, dropping it into the back of the net with his head, take it back to the assist. He's offside as well. So, you know, just to blame it on human error. I think that's pretty poor. I think that's a bit of a, a cheap excuse. I think we've got to be better than that because it was important moments in the game. There was actually one that went for Arsenal early on in the game when Mbomo scored and the referee penalised Gabriel, or penalised him on Gabriel when Gabriel actually slipped. So in the end, it sort of worked out, but Arteta's got to be fuming after that.
5: Well, there was a little tug on the shirt on that one, mm-hmm. uh, but you're right, Don. I mean, it didn't look enough to be a, a, a free kick in no. a former player's eyes, but I think in a referee's eyes, that's to get that out. Enough. That's to get out. But I mean, maybe this is a consequence of people complaining, over-interfering. Um, not over-interfering. Not not so much over-interfering. Taking too long. Right. There's been a few VAR decisions recently that seem to have taken enough, and they've got there in the end, and it seems they've made the correct decision. On this occasion, they clearly haven't. And I just wonder if Lee Mason. I just wonder if the people that are in the VAR booth are worried that it was taking a while, this cheque, and they were unsure. And then once, once in their mind they've thought there's no blocking in their mind, they've sort of rushed it from there. Right. Because, oh, this is... how Howard Webb's going to be on us. This is taking too Howard long. are going to be on them even more. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> but I'm just saying, maybe, maybe they're worried about the complaints. And it has been... There has been some people complaining. I've seen some incidents that have been pretty cut and Cut and dry, and they've taken ages yeah. and I just wonder in the referee's mind in the bird are thinking let's get this done but
6: but, but to that point I, again, it took a long time, so nothing nothing about this was rushed, and obj- if you're offside, you're offside. You need one look at that. And this is not a foul or, for argument's sake, the, the Casemiro incident where you need to see different angles to appreciate it, uh, exactly what happened. If you're offside, you can do that straight away and deal with that and you know, okay, he's onside, now we have to look at the other, other incidents, and then maybe you have a couple of different looks. Offside, it takes one. And, and as you say, you, you go backwards. The, your first your first stop is Ivan Toni. Is he offside? Nope, he's not. That's good. Next up, <laughs> no guard. Is he offside? Yep, OK. No. It's, how, how they mess this up that badly, it's,
5: it's just beyond me. But that, that's because that's what I'm saying, Shaq. They, they were so infatuated with the blocking that was going on. Right. that I do think in the end, they've just rushed the rest of it
1: through because it it was taking an age. Um, Let's let's move away from that decision, just talk about the performance overall. overall. No wins in three now Uh, for Arsenal. What went wrong today for them?
5: Uh, A bit like one or two others around them. They've just lost that little bit of sparkle. Uh, I mean, Brentford in the first half, you know, two, two, two... I mean... Rico Henry at the back post clears it yep. when he's only got to tab it in. Ivan Tony from the Mboma, great cutback from Mboma, hits the crossbar. I mean, they were super dangerous again on the attack. Lots of possession for Arsenal, but it all got, for me, it all got sort of congested and congealed. And again, we saw Odegaard taking lots of touches. They're trying to thread that, that needle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just not as... It's a, lot, it's a lot more disjointed than it was. It's not a disaster. But the sparkle is not there. Martinelli once again gets taken off. I mentioned Odegaard, and again, he got taken off last week at Everton did not play brilliantly well. And we saw Saka and Enketia in flashes. So, yeah, it's just been
6: two or three tough games for them. For, for me, first of all, I have to say, I think Brentford are a very good team and, and, and they showed it. Yeah. Um, as far as Arsenal's feelings go, I, I just feel that they lack a little directness and a little pace. And I thought we're... What, where Brentford were really good was they started pressing high up, high up the park. And Arsenal and Arteta, as, as they like to do, trying to pass out of that pressure. I think the difference is when they did, were able to pass out of that pressure, they, they were so slow through the middle of the park that Brentford then get two blocks of four back. And again, credit to Brentford for that. But there were times when, you, when Arsenal passed out of that pressure early on, balls in the back of the net before you could figure out what's happening and it just seems to be getting stopped in in the middle of the park and and I'm I'm, I'm with Craig in that I think Martinelli is kind of symptomatic of that to the point where I I think Trossard with a big game to come against City Trossard has got to to start. Took his goal well didn't he? Um,
1: Overall Don how much of a blip is this?
3: Yeah, it's a big one. I think credit Brentford. I think when you mentioned it before, Dan, I mean, they're not scared of the big boys. They've took points off Arsenal, Chelsea, Spurs. They've beaten Man U, Man City and Liverpool. So they're not an easy side to play against. I thought Odegaard looked tired today. And I thought what happened watching the game is I thought Brentford got back into their three. uh, Two wing-backs to make it five. And Arsenal sort of got in areas and they were a little bit caught between trying to play then putting crosses in the box. The last thing Arsenal needed with 20 minutes, half an hour to go was to panic be desperate and throw crosses in the box because that's exactly what Ben Mee wanted, Aya wanted, uh, Ethan Pinnock wanted as well. Three big, sturdy centre-backs who were fantastic in the air. And all of a sudden, they couldn't find the answer. They looked a little bit late, but I mean, fascinating how it sets up now midweek. I mean, if, if Man City beat Villa tomorrow and Man City beat Arsenal midweek, Man City go top the league. So, midweek is a huge game, Arsenal versus Man City.
5: I mean... You have to say, Tony and Mbomo were a handful. Yeah, I mean, a proper handful. Uh, Tony for most of the game, almost all the game, and Mbomo came off, I believe. Going back to Arsenal, we talked about Martinelli a little bit, Odegaard. Saw him last week at Everton taking touch and touch and touch. And maybe that's because the the options are not there like they were three months ago, or whatever it was. But if you looked at the passing from some of the players today, Shaka talked about them. You know, been a little slower. That was because you know they're either passing it square or passing it behind somebody. Even Zinchenko trying to pass it out to Martinelli, letting the fullback, and particularly uh, in the first half, letting the back get in and win it. it it just doesn't and and I'm I'm wondering if this is a little bit of a consequence of the crowd crowd are not on the back they've loved what they're seeing right but they're a little bit more agitated you think
1: a little bit nervous
5: I think they're a little bit more nervous and that transpires through when a game's tight and teams are creating chances like Brentford did and teams are hard to beat and break down like Brentford were and their passing was just and Man City have been the same you know, we looked at them at Tottenham last week, or whenever it was, and their passing was exactly the same. No nowhere near as crisp. You had people like Rodri giving the ball away for fun. And, this, and I'm seeing that a little bit with this Arsenal team. Now it's how they're going to regroup and recuperate, isn't it? It's going to be the
1: determining factor in terms of how they're going to finish the season. So, finished 1-1 in the end for Arsenal, also 1-1. Between West Ham and Chelsea, and also with a VAR decision that the Premier League admitted to ESPN, they got it wrong. Uh, Suchek here with a handball; he wasn't I using their hand to. I to didn't see anything. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see anything at all. Uh, former <laughs> Ham of the Year Jackie, it's not. <laughs> so, Grandpa Pot- Potter affected after the game.
5: It, it looks quite a handball to me, but it's, again,
3: like I said, I thought it was a. Didn't, didn't know Thomas could get down that easily and s- save like that. It's, it's,
5: just, it's a good it's a good stop from him.
1: Right, Hamble, is it even worth discussing? Well, sure, I've a pair of gloves on. <laughs> I mean, put it, put it one way. And Even with a pair of gloves, that's a pretty what's, good zip. What's been really interesting reading uh, some of the articles that have been written after this is that people are criticising Graham Potter for not being angry enough, for not coming out swinging, for not criticising well, the referee, referee enough because that's what the Chelsea fans desire, a bit of heart, a bit of love. So, I, I'm really interested to get your point of view as an ex-professionals if you want that from your manager. Well, I
5: saw his interview straight away after it on, on NBC, and he. I, I was surprised. I don't know if you he, if he saw it, but he came yeah. out and went, well, wow, kind of look like a handball. And, he, and he's, that was him actually in that press conference, which was in the media room. That was more animated than he was yes. in the earlier one. Yeah. And, and bearing in mind the situation that he's in, Bearing in mind the amount of pressure that he's under and their results and where they're sitting in the table, you did feel that he'd want almost want to throttle somebody. But
1: he, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, but that's uh, clearly not his temperament. It, it's not. But who doesn't it uninspire me if it's but a player? If you're a player, does it make any difference that he's not coming in, bawling and shouting and saying, "Ah, oh, everyone's against us. We got to go out there and improve them." Right. Maybe he was doing that in the dressing room, and you he just imagine mm-hmm. he is that. No, like, can
5: I, you? Don't, I don't. But I, I was surprised that he wasn't more aggressive in his reaction to the refereeing. But.
6: I I, I, I'm, I'm a little surprised, but I'm I'm not at all bothered by it. And I think had Chelsea been in a better position, I think this would have been the perfect response in a similar way that Arteta isn't, you know, kind of throwing his his, his toys all the pram himself, given him, given him that decision in a way that Ten Hag was kind of accepting of, of the Casemiro red card, where when, when others would have would have would have kind of gone off gone off the edge. Um, The only difference between Chelsea and those two clubs, obviously, is Chelsea's position. But I I thought Chelsea played well, particularly in the first half. Um, And that should be, or seems to be Graham Potter's focus. I I have no real issue with him not kind of ranting and 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 raving, certainly for the cameras. Because even if it is done for the cameras... That's for the fans, and that's not going to have an impact on the dressing room.
1: But from a fan's perspective, Don, does he need to play the game a little yeah. bit more, show a little bit more passion for a fan base that's already questioning his appointment?
3: He won't, Dan. He doesn't like confrontation. I know one or two lads who I've worked with at the Premier League, and they've played under him. He's not that type of manager. He, it's just not in his makeup. I think you'd I think you'd see him sort of fake it if he did. Whereas I think if that was Jose Mourinho, you could imagine Jose's response after the game. He would have went ballistic and one or two other managers. That's not in Graham Potter's makeup. It's not his style. Um, so I think if he just come across gone ballistic, I think you'd sort of see through it. I think the worrying thing for Chelsea fans, more than the, the Graham Potter lack of rant, is the form that they're in. I mean, only two wins in the last 17. At 13, sorry. That's worrying form. If you're a Chelsea manager, when you've spent... 600 million pound, 300 million pound in January. To have that record, two wins in 13, that puts you under a little bit of pressure.
5: I know what you're saying about the...
1: I understand what I, I find it interesting no, because, because But everything, like they, they, all the big managers... You think the successful managers, uh, like Klopp, we've seen Klopp lose his temper, of course, Pep Guardiola, Ancelotti's been snarky at referees in the Conte, past. Conte, who you know, said he doesn't? You know, they Mourinho. carry this kind of edge yeah. to them. And I'm not saying that Graham Potter can change himself to try and make himself yeah, yeah. And pretend that he is someone that he isn't. But can you be a top-class manager if you don't have that edge?
5: <laughs> I don't know I mean will put it another way we're not going to judge oh god oh, no it's, we, this isn't
1: on po- we're not no, judging I, I, Potter you know, solely on a post-match interview no no so he's going so, so to be judged
5: you know, the fans can holler and complain and do whatever they want but ultimately everybody will be judged on performances and, and results uh, I think that's just how he is and, and maybe that's how he deals with his players in difficult circumstances as well we know Tuchel would have him on you know, Conte, Mourinho, all these ma- managers yeah. were not putting him, Potter in that bracket for any stretch of the imagination, he's got a million miles to go before he reaches the level of those guys but yeah, I mean I was a little surprised I have to say at his reaction to the, the quite clear incident, bearing in mind that a couple of VARs that were correct against his team mm-hmm. that resulted in goals been chopped off, uh, you just felt in his position there might have been something a bit more, but ultimately it's about results. But, but, but
6: to, to that point, you compare it into managers who've managed at big clubs before they are now and, mm. and have kind of worked their way into or worked their way into having enough and, and then be, being allowed to explode over whatever it is. But Potter, having been where he is, dec- decisions like this don't carry as much gravity um, as they do or as, with, with Chelsea Football Club. So this is still kind of new to him in, in that regard. So I'm, I'm understanding and accepting in
1: that, life. That's just the way you are, Jack. In, that's the way I am. Last point on this, Don. <laughs> Is it easier for referees to give decisions against managers who have the same attitude as Potter as opposed to managers like we've seen Sir Alex Mourinho, who everyone uses as an example because they know they're not going to get hauled over the coals.
3: I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'd like to think
1: not. I don't think so, Dan. I mean,
3: when you were chatting there about different managers, I was thinking of Ancelotti at Real Madrid. I've never really seen Ancelotti. Correct me if I'm wrong. I've never seen him really go ballistic. He might raise an eyebrow, but that's about it. Well, he does that, uh, like anything. Maybe it's the younger breed of... Yeah, so I mean. So, it might be the younger breed of manager. People like Graham Potter and Eddie Howe. They're different. They're, they're, they're not made up like Mourinho or Thomas Tuchel or Conte. It's different, different personalities. So, I'd like to think the referees wouldn't referee...
5: Any different just because of your, your character and your personality? I just think it's bad on the refereeing front. It's nothing to do with uh, yeah. any individual. Yeah, I mean, that's the... the more you see, I mean, yeah. come on. Uh, he's basically done so. Check that as Fabianski's job for him, hasn't yes. he? I mean, he's dived on the ball. <laughs> How between the match official, who's actually a refereeing, and... Uh, I think Don said it was Neil Swarwick back back at base who's the
1: head of uh, (laughs) VAR I
5: mean it's one of the most simplistic decisions you're going to have if if somebody said to you listen can you just be VAR for the day and you picked a decision (laughs) that was going to be (laughs) non-controversial to take the pressure off that was the one Uh, do you know what do you know what David
1: Moyes said good save didn't say it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, let's, let's let's talk about Chelsea overall Flashes like mm. nice goal, obviously Enzo and Jao Felix. Some good link-up, particularly in the first
5: 20, 25 minutes. And then um, it just kind of went.
1: Yeah. Ugh. And
5: then Potter said himself, as we made changes, it looked like you know introducing each other, uh, introducing people to, to their teammates again. But but I suppose you know this link-up here and the lovely it's side lovely. About, yeah. great. and the way it finishes was fantastic. Uh, keeps himself just on side. That's a
6: great ball as well to pick him up. I, 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 I'll, I'll be honest. The first half of this game, I thought West Ham were going to get, were in for a good five or six. Excuse I, I really point. did. I
5: didn't mean that. Sorry, no, I just—it's
6: yeah. no, yeah. just, it's just natural. No, I didn't mean that. <laughs> I, 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 no, I, I really did. And then, and then all of a sudden, West Ham just somehow got themselves in, in, into the game. Michael Antonio had, a, had, a, had an effort well saved by Kepa, and from there, once that happened, from there it was fairly even. And then West Ham got the equaliser rightly so and after that the second half there was not a whole lot to tell, take between the two so given the first half hour I, there couldn't have been a greater contrast from chelsea's perspective
1: between that and the last hour of this game uh don is it just a case of it doesn't matter who's in charge when you've got so many new faces coming at the same time it's an almost impossible task to get them to click straight away
3: um, I don't think so, Dan. I think when you see the job that Thomas Tuchel come in after stepping in from Frank Lampard, he won the Champions League. So I expect
1: more. Yeah, he, he, I had, thought they were brilliant. He didn't have the same situation, though, Don. He didn't have a whole new team no, thrust that him a 30-plus squad.
3: True. I mean, I, I, like Shaka. I watched this game today and I thought for the first 20 minutes, 30 minutes, I thought Chelsea were irresistible. I thought it was a couple of offside goals that went in West Ham's favour, which they were offside, but I thought Chelsea are going to cruise this. And then I was watching the game with a pal of mine and it was 1-0. And I thought, if you can get to sort of an hour and you're only 1-0 down or 1-1, I never feel as though Chelsea have got it in them towards the end of the game to push for the win. You know, it's almost like they need to be two or three clear and then just relax and play the nice football. Everything's a little bit pretty because they're going to get the win. When they've really got to push for it, I'm not sure it's in their locker yet. Not with Kai Havertz leading the line. They've not got that prolific striker. They've got beautiful players in and around him but I never feel as though they're ruthless enough. And it might take a little bit of time, but I just watch them and think, I'm not sure you're ruthless. I'm not sure you've got that. You know, I work with Michael Owen, for example, and he keeps telling me, he said, strikers have got to be ruthless. In front of goal, you've got to have that, you've got to have that killer edge where you're going to score two and three every game, or look like you're going to score. And I watch Kai Havertz, that's not in him. He's a number 10, he's a beautiful player to watch, like Xiao Felix. You know, we said when they signed Xiao Felix a couple of weeks ago, when you watch our Felix as a player I love him he's one of my favourite players in Europe but when you watch his output and look at his numbers he's never scored more than 10 a season he's not
5: had more than 10 assists a season so the output for some of them is just not there But that's not That's would, not Potter's fault That's though, not Potter's fault I would imagine because I, I don't imagine Graham Potter went well he certainly he was, he, he was landed with Havertz he was landed with Miyang. I don't imagine he's been landed with pretty much most of these players. Yeah. Not to say they're not good players, there'll be those out there who say, well, you get on with it. And that's pretty much what he said after the game. The interesting thing will be the patience aspect from, from the board, the ownership, because it's probably going to take some towards the end of the season and the summer and a whole pre-season training to, to filter all this out in the washing. And I, I just don't, I couldn't answer that question, whether he's going to get that and whether even if he gets it, he can turn this ship around. Those are all questions that still have to be answered, but certainly at the moment it's kind of mediocre at best, apart from the start of this game.
1: Uh, Speaking of turning the ship around, we thought after that 1-0 victory against Manchester City (laughs) that maybe Spurs could kick on and really push for a top four place. Oh dear. Uh, they lost 4-1 uh, uh, against Leicester. They took the lead early. Bentancore opened the scoring, and then Leicester just turned it on. actually was fantastic uh, in this game. Uh, let's just see the Foxes continue to have a good run after the end of this transfer window, Don. A bit special from the host today. Mm. Mendy scored
3: a great goal. I mean, look at the defending. Where's Eric Dier gone? has been on fire the last couple of games. I think he's got something like two, uh, two goals. I think something like four assists. Madison played well. Harvey Barnes played well. But look how open Tottenham are. I mean, defensively, absolutely all over the place. And 4-1 didn't flatter Leicester. Dyer doesn't get tight there. He's basically saying to Iñacho, go on, take the shot. And they were, look at this, I mean, Dyer again. Get tight, put your body on the line. Stop the shots from going in at your goalkeeper. But their defence was all over. He'll be absolutely fuming watching that, I would imagine, Antonio Conte. He had more, he had First more, game back and that's what he
1: sees.
5: He had it was more, four going on six. He had more influence though, him when he was sat on his sofa. God, <laughs> poor guy, your goalblad
1: exactly. messed up. When you go and watch it. that.
5: <laughs> well, I think it tells you how... I mean, Leicester are, had, a, had a horrible start to the season, have, have got stronger as the season has gone on and players have, have got fit. But, but that tells you how bad Man City were last week. When they couldn't do to Tottenham what Leicester have done to them. That tells you about Man City. But yeah, this is, this is, uh, I think it's going to fall apart for that's them bad, bad between point. now and end of the season. But
1: um, for Spurs?
5: Yeah. I mean, our, uh,
1: um, our Spurs supporting producer says there was no Mar- Romero. That was the problem today.
5: Wow. That's <laughs> that's that's a... That's a, that's a <laughs> That's a long shot at, at hopefulness. Yes. Uh, I mean, you look at—I mean, look at Don touched on Eric Dier there. Just the, the the link up between that that back line, that back three. I mean, come on, professional footballers. But yeah, I mean, Tottenham, Newcastle are just falling off a little bit. Arsenal and Man City will be in there. Uh, Tottenham would concern me now between now and the end of the season, haven't look, looked at them today.
1: Uh, next up for Spurs, of course, is uh, Milan. Meanwhile, more drop points, though, chasing places place in the Champions League. Newcastle have certainly hit a little bit of a bump, haven't they, a fair fine start to the season. They can only imagine a 1-1 draw uh, against Bournemouth. Uh, your boys, of course. Tom, what went wrong today? little bit flat, Dan. Um, Didn't start the game well. That's three
3: draws on the spin. Depends how you look at it. You know, you go 1-0 behind. It was poor marking. I'd never have a centre-forward mark and a centre-back. That was the problem there. Then they reacted, got back into the game. They got it back to 1-1. But they weren't really convincing. they looked a little bit leggy. Almiron with a decent finish. Uh, Depends how you look at this if you're a Newcastle fan. They're missing Bruno. You know, when when he's played, they've never lost a game. You can look at this as you know, three draws on the spin or unbeaten in 17, which is still an incredible record. I think when you look at it, Dan, I think they've gone a little bit leggy and maybe one eye on the cup final in two weeks' time. Really?
5: I think they've looked like this. I think so. Yeah, they've looked like this since after the World Cup, pretty much, maybe with the odd exception. Uh, we've talked about it. Yeah. They've just looked. At, they haven't, it's not as if they've been terrible, as Don said, they're not getting beat, but they just that little bit of spark has gone out the game. Before right. the World Cup kicked off, I mean, that, that competition for Newcastle came about at a bad time. They were, they were flying. I, I think it goes back to before the World Cup, in, in, in actual fact. And, and you're, you're right
6: in that they, they, they were winning. New Car- Newcastle have only beat Leicester by more than a single goal, dating back to mid-November. And that happened on, on, on two occasions. And now... While it's great to be picking up 2-1 wins and 1-0 wins, if that's all you're doing, eventually those become 1-1 draws, those be... Newcastle haven't lost, but quite easily that could turn into a 2-1 a, a, a a loss, but I, just give them how, how you know, luck, luck may have it. And, and that's the thing, Newcastle are not blowing teams, are not dominating teams the way, the way that, that they had done before. And I just feel that that's catching up with them. Whether it's Almiron who, orbits on his score sheet, but hasn't been doing so regularly enough. Wilson hasn't been doing so regularly enough. Isaac is just coming back from, from, from injury himself and hasn't maybe found his full stride. Sam Maxima hasn't had the impact that he once did. Put all those things together, and while defensively is still very strong, um, that lack of goals, is putting a lot of pressure on your back 4-1 keeper. So
1: what does it all mean? Let's take a look at how the top 10 looks after, after today. Uh, Newcastle then sitting fourth, two points clear of Spurs. Wow, it's interesting now. You wouldn't really bet on the top three not making Champions League, yeah? yeah I think not, those three are fine. Uh, I think it looks like it, yeah. And then you're kind of scratching your head a little bit. Brighton are looking good. Bro, Brian are looking good, and we're robbed today as well. Another bad VAR decision when they should have got a goal against against Crystal Palace. Uh, let's take you through all the results then from today. Um, as we mentioned, 1-1 between West Ham and Chelsea. Fulham uh, with a 2-0 victory over Nottingham Forest. Fulham with a great strike in that game. Uh, which opened the scoring. Uh, as we mentioned, Leicester with the win, Arsenal drawing. Crystal Palace won, Brighton won, but a massive VAR error in that game. Should see Brighton get the victory, but they drew the line on the wrong defender. Elsewhere, Wolves beat Southampton. Wolves were down to ten men for much of the game, but things are really going badly uh, for the Saints. They are sitting bottom of the table. No surprise if their manager gets sacked uh, this week. They're joined. By Bournemouth and Everton, as it stands. Remember, it's Manchester United against Leeds tomorrow. And we spent, spoke about the cup final, didn't we? Newcastle against Manchester United. The Carabao Cup. Newcastle looking for their first domestic trophy of the 21st century. That game is live on Plus on February the 26th. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search. Match And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.
1: By me, be broken by three goals to nil. Thomas Muller opened the scoring with four minutes to go in the first half, Kingsley Coleman and Serge Gnavery, Uh scoring in the second half to give them all three points to keep them top of the table. After the game, we heard from Nagelsmann and Canaveri.
2: First half we have kind of problems to to find quick quick movements in free space. Borum sent uh, stay very high in our own half, but our movement was too slow. And then it's not that easy to go to have uh, good situations towards the opponent's goal. I think when we use the first two or three chances, then uh, it could be a bit easy game. At the end, the result is uh, more important than uh, everything else. So at the end. I'm happy with the result but uh, the performance was not perfect. We know that we cannot play like uh, we did today against Paris. Uh, it was not enough for us, especially in the first half when we talk about our movement. Uh, it also an impact to know that we have to do it better on, on Tuesday.
6: Just the last question concerning the title race. Do you see Bayern Munich still in the pole position?
1: In no?
7: the
6: In the pole position.
7: Uh, yes, I do. Why? Because we're the best.
1: Borussia Dortmund continued their fine start to 2023 with a 2-0 victory over Werder Bremen. For more on this, uh, let's hear from Edin Terzic, who's with Archie and his technicoloured jacket. I've been getting a bit of grief from Edin about my jacket. I I I think he's okay with it,
2: just about. Yeah, you're the most confident man I've ever seen.
1: (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, I tell you what, speaking of confidence flowing through your team right now, only wins in 2023, and that performance today, not an easy place to come here, and to come away with that result, you must be very happy. Yeah, not only about the result, it's also about the performance. Um, I think we had a decent
2: start into the game. It was not easy after having a midweek game in the Cup. Um, That was very intense for us, but I think especially in the first 15 minutes, we created a couple of good opportunities for us to to take the lead. Um, then um, the, the game was more open from
1: the 25th to the uh, minute till the halftime, but especially how we came on the pitch in the second half, uh, we created straight away two great opportunities um, and then in the end I think it was a well-deserved win and that's nice. Uh, we have a run of wins of course, but it won't help us in May if we don't continue like this. So if, if you want to praise us, do it in May, not now. Edin, thank you. Enjoy tonight. And of course, I can't, I can't ignore the, the assistant coaches. That's what you were once upon a time. And so I've got to be looking at who's the next Edin Terzic as well. Yeah, hopefully. No, that um, Everybody will find you tonight. Edin, <laughs> thank you very much. Bayern Munich, then one point clear at the top of the table. Union Berlin, second then, Borussia Dortmund, third. Uh, they are continuing to try and stay on the coattails of at Bayern Munich and certainly doing so up to now. Let's welcome in, for more on this, Ali Moreno uh, joins us. Um, <laughs> where should we start? Right, let's start with good Bayern, uh, shall we, Ali? Just getting it done today, doing enough, weren't sensational, but it's another win.
7: Well, that's exactly what they did, and when you say they weren't sensational, you're actually being kind. Bayern Munich in the first half were awful. Uh, Their possession was not good, they were sloppy, it's almost as if they were disinterested, almost as if they were thinking about PSG and couldn't care less about Bochum. And, And I think you saw some of that reaction from Julian Nagelsmann, who pretty much said what you just said, three points, that's all I'll take from the game. But he also was very clear and made a point on mentioning that that, that wasn't going to be good enough in Champions League against PSG. So I'm sure that that's a point he'll address with his team. I think if you want to look at the positives from Bayern Munich, Joshua Kimmich didn't play today because of a red card against Wolfsburg last week. That means that he's going to be fresh against PSG. And then once the game got out of hand, once they were able to go up 3 nothing, then they made all sorts of substitutions and guys came off the field trying to find fresh legs for the midweek.
1: We'll talk about PSG in a moment, but we didn't quite do the Thomas Muller goal justice in our highlights. So just take a, a look at this. The reason we just really want to show it for you, Shaka, because it's the goalkeeper just. Yeah, he's, he gets caught on his heels. He's backing back a is little bit. Is it
5: the defender's fault or the goalkeeper's fault? I, I don't think the defender does the keeper any favour. I oh. think it's the It's a short ball. The, yeah. the ball is
6: short. Yeah. And, and the keeper
5: is backing off because
6: he's got space and he realises the defender. Has, has possession and has space. And then by the time he realizes the ball is short, in an effort to change direction, his legs look a little bit like Jan's. I mean, uh,
5: <laughs> wow. If you're going into trouble, the trouble is that think, it's the fish. <laughs> I, I think. I think the uh, <laughs> defender there it was just a poor ball because once you ask the goalkeeper to think, <laughs> that's, there's, there's, that stems part of the game. The keeper's Who's backing off. There, the, the keeper's
6: the backing off the defender. and then I'm having to check.
7: Well, hold on a second. Why, why, why Shaq's got to be like that? Why is he got to take it personal? Why is he got to go after Jan? Poor Jan cannot even move his legs right now. Are you kidding me? You're going to take a shot at Jan? Of all people... Oh, by the way, let me just tell you, now that you guys are in the studio, I saw the reenactment. It was beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> let it me was. That brought <laughs> a tear to my eye. It, it, it that was. was something special.
1: It was indeed. Right. Uh, let's go back to what happened in Germany. Dortmund with another win, Ali. You know, very nice.
7: <laughs> well, yes, but not as nice as Archie's jacket. Well, yes, indeed. That certainly got some uh, attention. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm sure he loved that too. Uh, look, I, Borussia Dortmund today, first half, underwhelming, didn't really find sort of the rhythm that they wanted in the attacking half with all the attacking players that they have available. And then it seemed like it was a different group in the second half. So for the first 20, 25 minutes of the second half, Borussia Dortmund were really good, and you saw you saw then Jude Bellingham getting involved in the attack and being a presence inside the 18-yard box. The substitution happened where Gio Reyna come, comes off the field. Uh, Gio Reyna was okay wasn't terrible, wasn't great, just okay, came off the field. And then Bino Gittens when his first touch, significant touch on the ball, puts it in the back of the net and changed the game once again for Borussia Dortmund. In the weeks before, it had been Reina changing the game. This week, it was Bino Gittens and then from then on, we saw a much better version of Borussia Dortmund. Julian Brandt was outstanding once again. They have a lot of good attacking pieces, but I think if you're Edin Terzic, what you're most encouraged about is that Finally, finally, by divine intervention, however it may have happened, they got a clean sheet. They got a zero. They kept a zero. If they're able to defend with any sort of consistency, they'll be in this race till the end. But that is a big question that they haven't answered just yet. Well, Leipzig hard done by with that goal, Ali. Yes, but here's the thing about Leipzig though, and, and while they're gonna focus on this goal, right? And they may say, well, this is what's kept us from being in the title challenge. Earlier in 2023, the first game that they played was against Bayern Munich. And at that moment, it was 1-1 and Bayern were vulnerable. Instead of Leipzig taking a step forward and taking the game to Bayern Munich, they got conservative themselves. They had an opportunity there to make a statement. Then we spin it forward to last week where They are not able to get a result and everybody else did get a result. Bayern won and Union won and they didn't win. They tied against Cologne. And so now they are trailing in a race in which you have other teams that are involved. And again, you're going to go back to this goal and say, well, this is the reason. The truth is that if you dig deeper, there are many reasons as to why Leipzig right now are seven points behind Bayern Munich. Up next to Bayern, it's PSG lost 3-1 against
1: Monaco. That's four defeats now in 2023 already for the French champions who remain five clear at the top of the table. Bali, it's interesting what a couple of weeks can make, isn't it? We were talking about problems at Bayern. That seems to have been resolved certainly for now. For PSG, it's difficult to have too much optimism going into this tie.
7: Uh, zero optimism and... And I, stubbornly and foolishly, I have continued to say that I think PSG will advance. And again, I don't mind looking like a fool, uh, but even I have some standards. So (laughs) given the information that we now have available from PSG, There is no chance you can pick PSG. I I, I suppose that they can hang on in this first leg and, and minimize the damage and then try to get people healthy for the second leg and perhaps that works out. But given the evidence that we have in front of us, as poor as Bayern were in the first half today, you still see a semblance of a team. You still see structure. You still see ideas and identity. You don't see any of that with PSG. I, I, I've supported the idea of PSG advancing past Bayern, but mm, I think, unlike Shaka, I'll be willing to change my mind. Uh, and I'm going to say that, yeah, Bayern look to be the favourites, and rightfully so.
5: I may have done that myself. Really? With PSG. Yeah. But whilst Nagelsmann has to address some issues, and he suggested that himself, and he's uh, in his interview Galtier <laughs> has he, it's crumbling yeah. around him it's not just issues it's like he's got no fix shape personnel injuries all these things and then you've got, then you've got to factor in all the, the egos and then the pressure Yeah. I mean I'm not saying that of course there's pressure on Nagelsmann and Bayern to win the Champions League of course there is but they're, ch- they're chasing this thing, PSG, and they've never looked further away in recent years. Never. We talk about teams, and I know that won't be the same team that plays on Tuesday, but you look at that side, even with the changes, and you think it's unrecognisable. Completely, yeah. It's unrecognisable on paper, and it's been for a few, quite a while now, unrecognisable on the field. We can talk about players coming back. And the forward positions makes not a jot of a difference if you just keep continue to defend the way this PSG team defend. It's just not good
1: enough. Even if you get Messi back, for example, mm-hmm. he's not going to be a hundred percent. Nope. He's, and as Craig said, he's not going to offer anything tracking back.
6: Yeah. I, I, the, the amazing thing for me, as Craig, Craig started to allude to, is, is the negativity around Galtier's own kind of um, suggestions that I. I even if you want to lie to the public, even if you want to lie to the dressing room and say, I've got a world champion and Lionel Messi coming back and just dress it up as Messi coming back is a is, is difference maker that this team needs and, and has been waiting on, so never mind those last results, but he's basically saying, man, we're awful. And right now, we're just hoping that they come back so we can be less awful. Uh, it, it, it really, it, nothing about it, speaks to any confidence in PSG against, against Bayern Munich.
1: That's it. Thank you very much. A big Saturday night ahead for you, Ali. What's going on?
7: Uh, actually, yes. What? I am taking my lovely wife out for our Valentine's Day dinner, oh. ahead of Valentine's Day, of course, but uh, we, have to, we have a chance to go out tonight. We're going to take the city. Yes, sir. Where are you going? Oh, I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh,
7: oh dear!
1: Uh, thank you very much, yeah. Ali, Just a reminder: Do you remember? Were you with us when we acted, when we met the Morello family? Out and about? No. Oh, yeah. Well, there's not many choices <laughs> around where we live. <laughs> <that> <laughs> okay. Anyway, what we doing? Uh, Hurt to Berlin, Bush and Gladback. That's tomorrow at nine thirty. Followed by clone against Eintracht. Thank for both of those games back to back on ESPN
0: Plus
1: Uh, Four games played over Friday and Saturday in Italy. Milan just trying to turn things around a little bit after a poor run in 2023 with a 1-0 victory over Torino. Uh, 2-2 between Empoli and Spezia. It was also a draw between Lecce and Roma. Meanwhile, Lazio losing at home against Atalanta by two goals to nil. That win puts Atalanta back in the top four. Level on points with Roma and Milan. Milan are, of course, in action this week against Spurs. Uh, that game also on Valentine's Day. Milan go into the ties underdogs to make it through. Uh, Spurs two to one on to advance the next round. Our Italian expert Don Archiston is with us, who thinks everything is the greatest ever if it comes out of Italy and Italian football. So you are going for a Milan win here, Don? i have got no idea. Good. I've got no idea. Two teams. <laughs> well, yeah, two doesn't two make teams it teams in really normal.
3: Really poor form. Yeah, but how do you dress it up? I mean, Milan only just scraping a win last night. They're not really in good form trying to rely on Zlatan coming back and Tottenham getting a wallop four, could have been six. So, 50-50 down this one, I'm afraid.
5: Oh. You going to say anything? Well, I think Milan have to be in bad shape if they're not going to get past this Tottenham side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Put it that way. Yeah. You know, the way they played this, this game against Leicester, yeah, they had the good performance against City, but maybe that was more actually about City being awful. And Tottenham been good, not taking it away from them. But they got absolutely spanked today. Not taking
1: it away from them, but City were rubbish. They were rubbish. <laughs> but,
5: you know, Kane got his goal and he got his record, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, you got to fancy Milan. For, you just got to.
6: Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with Don and, and Craig on that. Suppose what we saw from them today doesn't give you any hope against...
1: But Milan have been awful.
6: <laughs> and still... And no. so that's speaking. That's telling you You're about. Wrong. That's telling you about Spurs. I mean, what about that Leicester game suggests that Spurs can beat even half decent opposition?
1: Romero's back. That's the main thing. We'll say thank you very much to Don. Don is uh, back with us uh, for extra time. That's exciting. for you, Don? Absolutely, mate. I'm looking forward to Napoli Cremonese tomorrow, Dan. Seven nil. I'm going. Well, we didn't ask you what that was.
3: Maybe was that's gonna, one of the questions. Just, just thought, just thought, sorry, <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: You yeah. can just, chat to your so mate, Gav Marcotti on the Gav and Jules show. Shaka, a guest I'm on buying Monday, Shaka I'm a little
3: bit of time oh, well, he before he flies he away he on holiday. Yes. <laughs> I'm
5: trying to get the end of a program. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify?
1: Uh, Leads against Manchester United, everyone is going for a Manchester oh, United you've victory gone for tomorrow at Old Trafford. Uh, 2-2 of course, it finished midweek. Meanwhile, City Villa, I think it's going to be a draw. Everyone else thinks it'll be a comfortable City win. Well, Craig's a 2 1, so maybe not as comfortable as Shaka or Don. Don going for 4 1. Wow, there you go. If you miss Don, fear not. Oh, he won't be back tomorrow. He's going to be on extra time. I forgot we've got to do a promo for tomorrow's show. We'll be looking back (laughs) at, uh, you know, the City against Villa plus Barca against Villarreal. Now, if you miss Don, don't worry. (laughs) He will be back with us on extra time. Why have you gone for 4 0? I just think they're gonna thrash them. Oh. I think all that excitement of the first half and everything that they got going early on, then they look rubbish in the second half. And that rubbishness will continue. Okay. That's, That's a big score. <laughs> <laughs> Extra time is next. Welcome in to the latest edition of Extra Time. Thank you as always for your tweets. Craig with us, Shaka as well. Don Hutchinson joins us as well. Oh no, he's in his studio, doesn't like it there. gets tired. Tired, Don. <laughs> <laughs> not home anymore. That's a long day. Uh, there, there it's, it's a long
0: is.
4: day. <laughs> Do you remember the time?
1: He said, I just want to go home. Uh, yeah, um. <laughs> it's another I want to go home mood, Don.
3: No, I'm all right, I'm all right. Shaka's on holiday tomorrow,
1: isn't he? Uh, yeah, this is Shaka's last day until he goes, wow. is it three weeks away?
6: With a couple of days down. So
1: if anybody sees Shacker and Jack, no, stop dad, saying t-shirt. that. Don't do you're that. your pictures, some don't me, on do that More than happy. You're off for three weeks? No, I'm not. Already right, Dan. So what's your carnival
6: costume look like? Uh, Pair of shorts and a t-shirt down. Well, we've seen you in all your glory before. I don't know what you're talking about. Dan. Wings and feathers nope, and Never, never.
5: ridiculous.
1: Never, <laughs> 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 never. Don't believe that, Craig. <laughs> First question, Craig, which, well, Don, I'm going to ask you this one. It's for Craig, but I'll ask you it. Which Premier League team today would have suited Craig's style of football the most? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, the Southampton Wolves game, Dan. Oh, I had geez. a card
3: counter half time in terms of the yellows. There were seven yellows in the first half and one red right up Craig Street. Well, there you go. God, that's where that's oh, your level, is this? not get that many
1: bookings. Don. How many
5: times have you sent off? Twice.
1: Once in the World Cup?
5: Yeah. Once playing for Dundee. So you never sent off in the Premier League? No. So why uh, is Don tagging you with? And this? I only, only got to send off at Dundee because I had a train to catch. Right,
1: there you are. <laughs> Back to Nottingham, so yeah. I had to
5: get to yeah. Dundee to Edinburgh.
1: Of I've, course. Been, I've been sent off twice as well. No, in the Premier League? No. No? no. But, but yeah, bookings. Not a.
5: No red card in the Premier
1: League. Oh, oh, there you are. Don, how many? You were off for a few more when you could yes, get a little bit it, of a problem. God, yeah. Don would resolve mid-times. A little a little red mist issues. Six. six. Wow. Just a six. Oh, uh, no. Do you get fined for getting sent off in your Yeah, day? red mist.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, two weeks' wages. Shut up, really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a couple of weeks' wages. Wow.
1: Definitely. Alright, well, here you go. Did How'd you get two weeks' wages? No, I can't remember. Can you? I didn't get. I didn't get. Fired. That's quite a lot. Like, is it just because you're you sending us with stupid? Yeah, that's why. Yeah, mine. Mine were red mist, Dan.
3: Yeah. I mean, yours yeah, were just. Just, yours just two photos Vi-
5: done. <laughs> yes. Blatant.
3: <laughs> yeah, but I had one at Villa. I, I had one at Villa Park. I'm pretty sure it was Everton at Villa Park, and we we're getting spanked. I was on a yellow card. Referee was just getting on my nerves. I was just getting nothing out of the game. He was giving me no decisions. And then I think John Collins might have got sent off or got a yellow card, and John Collins never got a yellow card in his lifetime. And the ball sort of ricocheted, I think, towards me. I just picked it up and just volleyed it out of the stadium. no. the (laughs) referee went yellow, yellow. (laughs) One
7: of those. (laughs) One of those,
5: You'll get fined two weeks wages if you're spotted at Cam Val. With those those feathers on, that big
1: whatever is. Don't believe that, don't believe that. Craig, I'm telling you, don't believe that. Uh, uh. Don, do you think with VAR you could have controlled your red mist more? Because you knew you were going to get done? No. No, I don't think it would have been a VAR
3: thing. I just, I just like to have. I'd like to think I would have been a little bit more calm, but probably not, Dan, because I'm emotional. I, you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Well, I'm getting beat. I don't it, like you've it. You've got that big strawberry I'm on your, your sleeve these days. <laughs> Exactly, if I'm getting embarrassed, I don't like it. Right. If someone's having too much of a good time against me, I don't like it. Oh
6: dear. How does does VAR stop somebody picking up the ball in the middle of the pitch and voiling it out of the stadium?
1: Fuck, can't stop, Don. (laughs) It's just, he's just unstoppable. Don, Don is unstoppable, the boy. English for that, mate. What? (laughs) What's happening? I didn't see what I'm there. Play on! (sighs)
5: Howard Webb's got a
1: job on, hasn't he? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Don's mate, Howard Webb.
5: Pete Walton was right all those years ago,
1: a yes. few years ago, oh, yeah. when he
5: came on here. God bless him, I don't know where the hell he is now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's not dead. No,
5: <laughs> oh, but he's not. <laughs> working. Pete Walton <laughs> is very much alive, <laughs> Yes, he's working he with a BT tour. <laughs> I saw him getting paraded out at BT's. Have today. you seen the commercial he's done? Thankfully not,
3: It's no. quite
1: funny, actually.
5: Have you seen his commercial, Don? I haven't seen it. I've seen the Clattenburg
1: one oh, yeah. Peter Crouch yes that's a weird that's, that's a one. bit
5: weird hey, I haven't seen either of those yeah. so when, when Pete said a few, a few years ago the referee's going to have a lot of trouble you know looking at these replays on monitors and I was like yeah, yeah we, back, were like,
1: what are you we were like out. Pete shut up what are you talking about but thumbs out he was correct there you go uh, Don who are you rooting for in the Merseyside Derby see I hate this that's the worst question I can get, Dan.
3: Oh, because I'm not going to punch
1: not answer it. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Pick the camera up and kick it.
3: I, I hate this because I, I love my time at Liverpool and Everton. I can't. I can't decide. I can't. It's Impossible. Who do you think is going to win? Liverpool. Oh. Yeah. Where I think is I'll it? turn it around. Yeah. An- Anfield. No Dominic Calvert Lewin for
5: Everton. Yeah. Maybe a draw. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> or a win for
1: Everton, one of the three. <laughs> what, what are the options? <laughs> <laughs> with the big teams starting to struggle with the likes of Real Madrid, Manchester City, Liverpool, PSG and so on... Oh, it's for dawn. Could we see Napoli winning the Champions League where they've been unstoppable oh, this season? Me.
3: Yes. I believe they've got Eintracht Frankfurt next round? Yes, correct. That is correct. Dark horses, Dan, dark horses. Not yeah, really they dark, horses. Why dark horses, Why would call
1: dark horses.
3: Well, I mean, when, you, I mean, when was that? I mean, when was Serious, serious question. Yes. I literally can't remember the last time they won the Champions League, Napoli, if ever. Or European yes, Cup. I don't, they've never won it, have they? But, but no. No, that's what I'm saying. You've been batting on about courses.
6: them for all season, so. What's that striker chord? I can't remember. Um,
5: have they ever oh, been this oh, far oh, ahead in the league? With, some with an O, some
6: <laughs> with an O. That's solid. No, brand. no, no.
5: They've never been, I mean, they've never been this far ahead in the league. Yeah.
6: They've,
5: no. Not that I can remember, they've, they've not been playing better football, they've not got more of a threat from that guy that we're not going to mention. Yes. <laughs> Please, Please uh, don't.
7: Please and, don't. And,
5: and the question is, right? I mean, a lot of the other teams, the supposed <laughs> big guys, are, uh, are struggling. strong at that. You know. Donald's doing one of these.
1: Oh, yes. He's got the opposite of Red Miss right? Oh. He? Here's a question Would you oh, want to play in that
5: Huh? Would you want to play Napoli? For me? Well, <laughs> oh, you're going to Carnival, so you <laughs> yeah. can't. No, no, no one
1: would, no. would they? No. 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 There we go. Don, to me, AC Milan. Oh, yeah. Can defeat and can get at Spurs. After today's performance, conceding three in the first half against Leicester, who wins that Champions League tie? Spurs or Milan? That's <laughs> all. Do you know? What, do you know? What I honestly
3: think over the two legs, I think Tottenham might squeak it. Uh, it's Italy. Italian teams, Dan. You love them. Yeah, come on. Where's your first leg? I know I do, I do. But Milan are not. Milan in are Milan. not in good form, Dan. They're, they're trying to rely on Girouds, Latan's making the bench at 41. Oh. They're not keeping clean sheets apart from last night, but they're in poor form. Tottenham's Tottenham. Terrible at the back, but they've got Kane, Son, Kulaevsky. I think I'd
1: lean towards Tottenham over the two legs. How many matches does Graham Potter have before he gets sacked, Craig? if this form continues? This team is obviously way too good to only have one win in eight. Yep, uh,
5: I don't have the answer to that question, but <clears throat> if, if it's defeats, I don't know, shall
6: I? I think he gets to the end of the season. What's yeah. the coming
5: up? I, I think I, I he well, I,
6: I, from... I gets to the end of the season. That's going to go for. Some some of the some of the football is going I to think get to this
5: board up. have made a sort of stance with the appointment of Potter. So they've got
1: Dortmund on Wednesday. And then Southampton. Yeah. Next so time. Nice, if isn't Ch- it? Ch- well yeah. If Southampton were to beat them. Yes, and then, uh, yeah, then oh. I
5: mean I, I which seems oh. a long shot, bearing in the mind the form there and Nathan Jones is under pressure. But but then again this board of been steadfast in saying this is the process that we're going down, and we're not going to.
1: Yeah. I don't know. They got Spurs weekend after that. That's a proper. He, that's he's a pro- going to get to the end of the season. I guarantee you. Okay, Shank. Thank you very yeah, much. I'm finishing. What is your guarantee come with. <laughs> <laughs> Obligatory percentage <laughs> question for Don. Percentage chance Leeds get relegated.
3: Oh. Oh, I think they'll go. You think so? I think they'll go. My my. My pick is uh, Bournemouth, Southampton and Leeds, yeah. strong percent. What percent? 80. 80.
1: Oh. 80. Sh- 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 yeah? What do you think?
6: Um, 75. <laughs> It's <laughs> like Price is
1: right! <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, uh,
1: <laughs> Craig!
5: 74? <laughs> Actually, well, it we should not Everton. Mm-hmm. What's the question? Leeds. Leeds. Percentage chance of Leeds. Leeds to go. 60. Okay. Yeah. Alright. Right. Just, just, just less than half. Oh, that, that, I believe. That's more than half. Yeah. 40. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> a no,
1: I'm
5: saying there's a, there's a 60% chance. I've no idea what I'm saying, to be quite honest. I'll be so bored by the end of that.
1: I'll just come up with any old. Guff. Yeah. Uh, Final I'm question. For all, what will you guys be doing for the Super Bowl? Will you watch the mild with mild interest? Oh. And who do you think will win it at all? Don, you don't care, no? You don't care about NFL? No,
3: I love it. No, I love it, Dan. I'm more of a a red zone, but my attention span... I'll do what I do every Super Bowl, is I'll watch it and I'll get to about three hours in and then I'll think I'm going to bed. That's quite impressive, Don, because it kicks
1: off midnight over there. Yeah, Yeah. right, two hours in then. Oh, there we are. Perfect. (laughs) Who do you want to win? (laughs) Oh, I've got no interest. Who's Mahomes play for? He plays for the, you you got interest. Chiefs. <laughs> the Chiefs. Them. Okay, there you go. Is, is Gab going to the Super Bowl, Pete? Is that why he's not doing the Gab Jules show? Oh, he's going to Philadelphia, is he for it? Oh, again. Oh, it's the, it's the Eagles. Oh, he's going to Philadelphia to watch it. Is he? Yep. Oh. Man of the people. <laughs> amongst it in Philly? No, exactly. The Super was in Arizona. He's going to Philadelphia with just Philadelphia, Philadelphia people feathers. <laughs> I don't think they have feathers in Philadelphia. I'm sure they, they can have find the opposite of I'm feathers. Sure They can
5: find some. <laughs> They're eagles. Not Cheese sticks. Pe- uh,
1: yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Shaka.
6: Um, I think Kansas City will win, but rather oddly, I, I have a bet with a friend of mine on. on uh, I'm backing the Eagles.
1: Why did you? back the Eagles with your friend if you thought the Chiefs are going to win? Oh, it's just a friendly bet.
6: <laughs> How much so is, is it? I'm not a bag, bag of Swedish fish, I didn't make up for the Swedish oh, you fish at Oh, you're Swedish fish, yeah,
1: didn't you? Yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So... Uh, okay. We're watching it Laura? What time is it, it, yeah.
6: it I'll watch it. I'll definitely watch it. Seven o'clock.
1: I'll watch it. I, when I it's... have to see
6: Rihanna. I, yeah, I have to. That's important to me. Oh, there you go. Chiefs,
5: 60%. <laughs> <There you go>. <laughs> <laughs> just less. Just less. <laughs> to
1: win or to lose. Uh, Chiefs just favourites. There we go. Perfect. That is it. We are done. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow uh, to reflect on United against Leeds, City Villa, uh, Barca against Villarreal. Shaq, have a lovely time.
6: Thank you very Any much for the Happy